Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. So last week, pastor was ministering on a hierarchy. Remember the, the table we set up here? Wasn't that a powerful demonstration? Different people at God's table and we were showing how hierarchy was a result of the fall. This week, I wanna do a part two on that and I wanna talk about the upside down kingdom. The upside down kingdom. Let's, say a, let's just open our hearts to receive the word of God one more time today. Would you pray with me, Father? We thank you for your word. It's living and powerful and it changes our lives and our hearts. We just open up and we make space. We take a moment for you to move that we could leave this service changed, Lord. Closer to you, Jesus, more full of your revelation of your kingdom and your power in Jesus' name, amen, amen. And so last week we talked about how hierarchy brings oppression, oppression, right? And it's our lot in life on this side of heaven. Oppression is our lot. It's a part of life on the earth. What is oppression? It's the unjust use of power. It's using power to press down others. Solomon writes in the book of Ecclesiastes, he writes this, they're on the screen. He says, and look, the tears of the oppressed, but they have no comforter. On the side of their oppressors, there is power, but they have no comforter. Solomon looks and he sees the oppression on the earth. And he, he, he says, he sees their tears and he says, there's power on the side of the oppressors. He says, but what? There's no comforter. Solomon saw the state of men and women on the earth that think of America, but think of other countries. Think of history, how oppressed people are on the earth. Their whole lives oppressed, pushed down, power, unjust use of power. But Solomon says, I see their tears, but they have no comforter. Solomon couldn't see that one day a king was gonna come. And he, and in his kingdom was gonna be an upside down kingdom. And the first were gonna be last and the last were gonna be first. And not only that, He said that he's gonna go, it's better that he goes away, why? Because he's gonna send the the comforter. And he's gonna send the Holy Spirit that's gonna comfort people in the midst of their oppression. And Jesus is gonna come on the scene and he's gonna preach the gospel of freedom and healing to the oppressed. The disciples are arguing about who's gonna be the greatest. The book of Luke, Jesus overhears them. And he says, in this world, the kings and great men lord it over people. Yet they are called friends of the people. He says this, but among you, it will be different. Among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank and the leader should be like the servant. Jesus said, in the world system, there's gonna be lording leadership 
and they're gonna lord their leadership over you. But he says, among you, it will be different. He says, those who are greatest among you should take the lowest rank and the leader should be like the servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? Who's more important? The one who sits at the table or the one who serves? Donald Trump flying on Air Force One and a waitress brings him his coffee. Who's more important? Donald Trump, of course. He's more important. What does Jesus say? But not here. Look, but not here. It's an upside down kingdom. It takes spiritual ears to hear. It takes spiritual eyes to see. It's an upside down kingdom. He said, of course you think he's more important, but not here. He said, for I am among you as one who serves. Jesus looked at the multitudes. The scripture says he had compassion on them. He wept over Jerusalem. He had compassion on the multitudes. He saw their oppression. He saw their hunger. He saw their tears. And then he comes into it. He comes in the book of Luke. Jesus, he comes into a city. He goes into the synagogue and he opens the scroll, Isaiah 61. He stands and he reads. And he says, this, he's reading Isaiah the prophet. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. And then he closes the book and he sits down and he says, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. What did Jesus just say? He says, I, I'm coming. I, he says, this prophecy is fulfilled today. I came to bring healing and freedom to the oppressed. Those who are bound in oppression, who are in prison of oppression, those who are brokenhearted and hopeless, he said, I came to bring freedom. I came to bring healing. That's the message of the gospel. That's what he brought. That's the hope that he brings is freedom from oppression, an upside down kingdom. The last will be first and the first will be last. It reminds me a little bit of Alabama football. <laughs> I had to say that, I had to do it. It's been eight years, guys, eight years. You gotta let us have a little, right? A reversal of the hierarchy. Nick Saban. Sorry. Think of the Beatitudes, right? Think of the Beatitudes. The heart of the gospel, the heart are the Beatitudes, right? You can study the Beatitudes the rest of your life. It's like the Magna Carta of our faith. Spend time in the Beatitudes. Matthew 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be the sons of God. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Meekness, peacemakers, those who are persecuted, those are the ones that are gonna be blessed. That's an upside down kingdom, isn't it? You know what blessed means? Deeply satisfied. That's crazy. Deeply satisfied are the persecuted, the meek and the peacemakers, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Those are the ones who are deeply satisfied. Why? Because it's an upside down kingdom. They're citizens of heaven, not on the earth. Deeply satisfied, even in the midst of trials and suffering, you can have a contentment and a peace. Why? Because you're a part of another kingdom. It's an upside down kingdom. The world system says the opposite. Blessed are the powerful. Blessed are the most comfortable and the most successful. Blessed are the most famous who have the most Instagram followers. They're the most blessed. Blessed are when you are recognized above everybody else and you receive all your recognition that you deserve, then you're blessed. That's what the world says. It makes the most sense, doesn't it? The most comfortable, the most powerful, the most successful are gonna be the most satisfied. That makes the most sense, doesn't it? Of course that's how it's supposed to be. But Jesus said, among you it will be different. Jesus said, not here. It's a different kingdom. Jesus reversed the hierarchy. It's inverted. It takes spiritual ears to hear. It takes spiritual eyes to see a different kingdom. That's why he said narrow is the way. Because people, they, don't, they can't look for it. That's why he spoke in parables. Because you had to, you're, he went to the heart. He wanted to test the motive. He wanted to see where your true desire is. Is it for spiritual things? Is it for his kingdom? Do you have ears to, to hear what he's saying? It's not, it's not gonna make sense. You have to have an eternal perspective. So few have it. A prayer room? It takes an eternal perspective. It's an inverted kingdom. It's living for eternity. Think of our king. Think of Jesus. Listen, in the first century, Rome was powerful. Pax Romana, peace for 200 years. Hail Caesar. Rome, power, armies, conquerors, domination, fear. The roads that they developed, it was a powerful, think of the soldiers, think of the military might, the power, the force that was a part of this culture. Here comes our king riding on a donkey. No wonder they didn't recognize him. I mean, here comes a king into a city. Can, can you imagine? If, he would be riding on a great horse with multitudes following him, an army. 
here comes our king from Nazareth, Bethlehem. Didn't even have a place to be born. He rides in on a donkey fulfilling the prophecy in Zechariah. He says this, I'm gentle and lowly of heart. Come to me and find rest for your souls. What a king. Look at our king. And then he says, he takes the disciples. He says, among you, it's gonna be different. It's not about being the greatest. And then, then he takes the disciples. On the night he was betrayed on Passover, they finish the meal and Jesus takes the towel and he takes off his outer garment representing laying down his authority. And he takes the towel and girds himself with it and begins to wash their feet. And he says, I do this as your example. Look at our king. Listen, guys, do you understand? Jesus, that was the attire of a slave. Our king became a slave. That was the attire of a slave. Only the most menial of servants would wash feet. He made himself of no reputation. Sometimes all we care about is our reputation. He made himself of no reputation and took upon the form of a slave, put slave attire on and washed the disciples' feet. And he said, I do this as your example. So it would be a demonstration for all eternity. He could have said this, walk on the water as your example. Feed the 5,000 as your example. Turn the water into wine, your example. But what did he do? He did something that all of us can do and serve. Serve someone else. It's, it's for all, that act for all of eternity. He demonstrated what it means to be great. So it would be so clear, right? He declared hierarchy unconstitutional in his kingdom. He redefined greatness. Greatness in the upside down kingdom is measured by how we treat others, not about our position or status. Did you get it at the campuses? Greatness in the kingdom is measured by how we treat others, not about our position or status. It's a flat kingdom, equality. There is authority in God's kingdom. Apostle Paul walked in great authority, didn't he? He had the vision, he's called up to the third heaven. He walked in great authority as the Apostle Paul, but he says in Corinthians, he says, the authority that I have been given, it's for the building up and not for the tearing down. The authority that I've been given is for your edification. It's for building up, not for your destruction. It's not for tearing people down. The authority I have been given is to serve. It's to lift, it's to edify, it's to encourage. The authority that I've been given is for you. It's not for me. That's the upside down kingdom. It's not about myself. It's not about a hierarchy. It's about serving. That's why, that's why we're given authority. Authority is for service. Paul says, when I was a new Christian, you guys know, many of you have heard these stories so much over the years. It's been 20 years of stories, right? A lot of LSU stories in 20 years, goodness sakes. 
but you guys know I worked at a bar with Pastor Stovall when we were in college, and that was almost 30 years ago. When we first started the church, Pastor would say these things and he would make it seem like it was like a year ago. Chris and I were at a bar, like Bouncer's at a bar last year. Like, come on, man, you gotta tell him that was like 20 years ago. That was 10, you know, that was a long time ago, you know? So I, I worked, we worked at this bar, but then I got a job at a gym. And I, I was, God started working in my, my life. You know, you know how God, he kind of sets you up. It was one summer I was just by myself in this apartment and God just started dealing with me. I just started thinking about spiritual things for the first time in my life, really. I thought maybe there's more to life than um, football, bars, whatever. <laughs> maybe there's more to life than this, right? <coughs> Excuse me. So I got a job at this gym and one of the guys who worked there, his name was Randy and he was the manager. And so I, you know, I worked at the gym and I was learning how to do everything. And he was teaching me how to make the protein shakes and clean and straighten everything up and do all the stuff. But so Randy, he, he was a Christian and he was on fire. He sang in our choir. He used to bring his Bible to work, a big old Bible. He'd bring it to work and he'd read it during his lunch hour. And I'd be like, Randy's fanatical, man. He's reading his Bible during lunch hour carrying it to work. I'd be like, man, that's fanatical. But there was something different about him because he had this joy and he would be sweeping and cleaning. He would sing little songs and he would talk about Jesus and he would invite me to church. And, and I just, I, man, I'm telling you, I'd never met anyone like that. He just had abundant life. He had a joy. He was living for something greater. And he was the manager and yet he cleaned. And he, and, he, and, he, and he was happy about it and he served and, he, and it wasn't about a position. And I, I mean, I was just a young man, but you know, that was one of the first times I started thinking about, is there a different kingdom? Am I missing something? Is there more than just climbing the ladder of success? Is there more to life than climbing the ladder? I started thinking about those things. Look in this scripture in Luke 22, Jesus said this, in the world, the kings and great men lorded over their people, and yet they're called friends of the people, but among you, it'll be different. I've been thinking about this the last few weeks. There has to be distinction among God's people. In your neighborhood, there has to be some distinctions about you, doesn't there? If we're God's people, if we're the salt and the light in Jacksonville, there has to be some distinction about our family, doesn't there? Think about it. What makes us distinct? Jesus said, among you, it will be different. How can we demonstrate that we're different? How can we show that we are pattering patterning our life after the age to come, that this world is not our home. How can we demonstrate that? How can we show that we're different? Let me give you some ideas. The first one is the Lord's time. We've been learning a lot about the Sabbath and maybe that's new for you. That's okay. But let me teach you a little bit about this principle of the Sabbath that might help you. The word Sabbath, it means to cease. It means to stop. And so remember back in the book of Exodus, the, the Jews there, they were slaves of the Egyptians, right? And they were making bricks for these cities and they were, 
they were, the scripture says they had to serve with rigor. It means harshness. And Pharaoh was a hard taskmaster. And this, the scripture says it made them bitter. Think about this. They just wanted more bricks. This is the economic system, more bricks, more work, more work, more bricks, more bricks, more bricks, more, more, more. The work never ceased. Can you imagine? They never stopped. It would just be long enough for you to, whatever, someone to substitute and you're right back. There was no break. There was no Sabbath, more bricks, more work. It's a hard taskmaster. Pharaoh just wanted, no wonder it made him bitter. Pharaoh was harsh. God's not Pharaoh. He said on the seventh day, he stopped. He rested. When we stop and we rest and we remember and we reflect, what are we doing? We're saying we're a part of a different system. We're a part of a different kingdom. We are not a part of just the economic system here. This, this, this economic system in America or whatever, the world global system, that's not, we're a part of a whole nother kingdom. And we can stop and we can rest and we can remember and we can trust that the Lord is our provider. Amen. And we can demonstrate to him that we're a part of his kingdom. So we can remember that the Lord has a time. The spirit of mammon is a driving spirit. More, more, more. God says, take time, rest, remember, reflect. A second way that we are different is the Lord's treasure. The giving of our tithes and offerings. We are not rulers of our own money. We're just stewards. We're demonstrating that we don't rule our own money. It's not ours. We, we are stewards of it. We return the tithe that belongs to the Lord. There's his portion. He receives his portion back. And it shows us, it shows him, we demonstrate we're a part of a different kingdom. We're different. Look at the Proverbs. There is one who scatters yet increases. What? That doesn't make any sense. That's crazy. That's an upside down kingdom. You don't scatter and increase. You don't spread it out and increase. And there is one who withholds more than what is right or more than what he should give, but it leads to poverty. Okay, that's an upside down kingdom. That doesn't make any sense, but it's called sowing. It's called giving. It's a different kingdom. It's not gonna make any sense. What's the world gonna say? Get as much as you can and save it and get more and more and hoard it. That's what the world is gonna say. Of course, that makes much more sense, but we're not in that kingdom. It's a part of a different kingdom. So as we give our tithes and we give offerings, it demonstrates that we're a part of a different kingdom. Listen, it's not always about the church just getting money, guys. It's about pastoring your souls and hearts into generosity and into the being, becoming a, a generous people in the kingdom of God, amen? Amen. Heart for the house, we're giving. Some of you are new to tithing, just start where you're at. Take a step. 
Some of you are giving to heart for the house. Just pray and give. It's not a high pressure thing. It demonstrates that you trust him and you're a part of another kingdom. It's about advancing his kingdom on the earth. You're a different people. The third way that we're different is the Lord's table. You've been hearing so much about the Lord's table. It, these show that we're not under the Lord, under the world system hierarchy. We take time to remember. We're different, we're distinct. Our finances look different. The table looks different. Haven't you guys loved taking communion here like we've been doing these last few months? Even, at, even after service, many people will come up here right after service and they're gonna come up around this table. Some of our deacons are gonna serve and there's gonna be black, white, old, young, different backgrounds. It doesn't matter where you live, how much money you have in the bank, what your background is, or God's people around his table. There's no place for racism. There's no place for hatred, unforgiveness, judgmentalism. I love it because it's a demonstration of the kingdom. And that's how it's gonna be. And the, the great supper, the marriage supper of the lamb, man, it's not gonna be about what color someone's skin is or how much money they make or what their achievements are on the earth. It's equal, equality. We're all God's kids. We're all the same in him. He's the Lord. And when we come to the table and we worship Jesus as king, we're saying, you are the king. We're your people. I can tell you guys, as you guys know, I moved here with Pastor Stovall and Pastor Kerry 21 years ago, over 21 years ago now to plant the church here in Jacksonville. We didn't know anyone in the city. But I can tell you the heart of this ministry is just for everyone who comes to our services and becomes a part of our family to feel the love of God, to feel accepted and loved just who they are. And we've always been a church where the least of these in Jacksonville can come and feel the love of God. I'm so grateful for that. And hopefully you felt that at one of our campuses. You've all, hopefully you felt that. No matter what, where, who you are, you come in and you say, man, I feel loved and accepted in this house, in this family. Do you, do you feel like that's an anointing on this house? It doesn't matter what clothes you wear. It doesn't matter what your, kind of a day you've had, unemployed, it doesn't matter. We're all the same, man. We're all equal. We're all a part of the same kingdom. It's a family, amen? The table, coming to the table, we repent when we come to the table of judging others. If there's something in our heart that says, man, I'm better than someone else. Man, I repent of that. If I'm not loving someone or treating them with equality like I should, I repent of that, I renounce that. Man, this is my brothers and sisters. Look at the scripture in Corinthians. It says, for I see your calling, brethren, and not many wise, that word wise, it means not many wise according to the world system. You know, there's a scripture, Jesus said, the children of the world are more shrewd than the children of light. A shrewdness, a worldly, a, a wisdom of the world. Not many people like that are in the kingdom. He says, not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, that means not many powerful. There's not many powerful people. There's some. There's not many powerful 
people in the kingdom. Not many noble, do you know what that means? Nobility, it means of noble birth. In Rome, how you, your, your, your status was determined by your birth. So maybe you said, man, my family, gosh, we're just trying to make it. My, 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 my descendants, my background, we're just trying to make it, man. We're just trying to live. You say, I'm not from nobility. Welcome to God's family. That's how all of us are. You're just a part of the, not many noble are called, he said. Not many of nobility are, are called. He says this, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the things that are wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty, the things that are powerful. Can you see an upside down kingdom? God's army on the earth, it's the least of these. You go overseas, God's army on the earth, it's the least of these. There's not many of noble birth, there's not many powerful. But when you, hey listen, when the veil, I'm telling you guys, when that which is hidden is revealed and God's army is revealed and his saints are the ones that said, I don't have to be great. I'm gonna choose to serve. I'm a stranger and a pilgrim here. But one day when this is opened up and it's revealed, I'm gonna receive a victor's crown. And Jesus said, he who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And he's gonna say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the, the Lord and receive thy reward. You live for my kingdom. You had an eternal perspective. You saw the upside down kingdom through your spiritual eyes and you made choices to serve and live for me on the earth. Come on, do you have eyes to see? Do you have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church? It's an upside down kingdom. It's not about greatness. Listen, are you saying, I need to advance? I, do, I, do I need to, are you saying, don't be ambitious, don't try to move forward? Man, do everything God's called you to do. Do the assignments that He's called you to do, the grace that's on your life, advance but at the same time, serve. Use your authority to serve. Use the authority to build. Listen, come on, let's all stand quickly. I have a word here as we close. If you've been given in your life, if you have a grace on your life and you've been given a position of authority, there's, how many of you know we live in a hierarchical system, don't we? At your job, it's probably hierarchical, isn't it? There's a chain of command, the military, school, sports, hierarchies all around us, right? If, you're give, if you have a position of power, I have a word for you, and many of you here do. First of all, let's recognize that that comes from God. Amen. He picks one up, he puts one down, Promotion comes from Him, amen? The air that we breathe come from Him, the opportunities, they came from Him, amen? So let's recognize that. And if you have a position of power, remember the table. Use your position to serve. Use your, remember dignity. 
We can't take away someone's dignity ever. Remember respect, choose humility. If you're in a position of power, choose humility. The scripture says in Peter, be clothed with humility. That means when I see you at work, there's a humility that you're wearing in your power. It's attractive and it compels people to want to be with you and you use your power to lift and to serve others. Amen. Come on, if that's you, if you'd say, I'm in a position, I, God has put me in a position, of a powerful type position, come on, lift your hands up. If that's you, there's plenty of us. It's probably a lot of us. Come on, lift your hands up. I want to, I want to come on, let's pray. Father, right now at the campuses, we just pray right now and we thank you for your blessing and for your grace on our life to serve. And we renounce, if we've mistreated anyone, we renounce that, we repent of it, and we, we choose equality. We see people as you see them, God. We don't look down at people at all, God. We see your sons, we see your daughters. Help us to have the words to say, to lift and encourage and help them in their life, God. And we choose to serve and to be great in our love for you and our love for people. And we, we just start today, God. Give us, let us just see open doors that we can use our power for your glory and your kingdom. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.